How you can mitigate the risk of a runway incursion or wrong surface event, and what the FAA and NTSB are doing to help. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan, brought to you by Varion, formerly ATP. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for the very latest business aviation news and information. A recent image published as part of the National Transportation Safety Board's final report on a February 2023 incident in Boston showing a Lear 60 taking off without clearance from an intersecting runway and passing right in front of a landing commercial airliner really emphasizes the potential danger from runway incursions and wrong surface events. I'm pleased to welcome now three distinguished panelists to share how the NTSB, the Federal Aviation Administration, and NBAA are working together to address this problem. Jennifer Homendy joined NTSB in 2018 and has served as the board's chair since August 2021. Scott Proudfoot is the headquarters team manager for the FAA's Runway Safety Group, and Alex Gertson is NBAA's director for airports and ground infrastructure. Chair Hammondy, let's begin with you. On May 23rd, the NTSB hosted a State of Runway Incursions Roundtable. What was the catalyst for bringing everyone together on this important safety topic? First, thanks for having me, and I'm really pleased to be here with both Alex and Scott. You know, the NTSB, just because of the nature of our work, we're typically reactive given our investigations, but we look for areas where we can be proactive on safety to flag potential safety issues. In this case, from January 13th to February 27th, we had picked up six investigations involving runway incursions. And prior to that, we had two wrong surface landings that we were still investigating. And so we felt that since we had had a safety roundtable focused on runway incursions in 2017, that it was time to bring everyone together again and see what's been going on since that time. What more can we do? How could the NTSB be more helpful for all the entities that were there? Our concerns always continue when it comes to safety, and it was it was good to speak with everyone about these because it just takes one for a significant tragedy to occur. Scott, before we delve into the specifics of our discussion, how does the FAA define a runway incursion? A runway incursion is an incorrect presence of an aircraft, vehicle, pedestrian in the protected area of a surface intended for landings and takeoff of aircraft. So we consider the protected area anything inside the runway safety area, anything on the runway side of the hold short markings. We attribute runway incursions to the primary factor involved in the runway incursion. Basically, who was the last one that could have broken the chain? We have pilot deviations. We have operational incidents where a controller uh, could have been the one to prevent or reduce the risk of the runway incursion. And we have vehicle pedestrian deviations. Furthermore, each one of those runway incursions are ranked through category A through category D ratings. A category A is your most severe runway incursion. Two aircraft that narrowly avoided a collision and came within close proximity of a collision. Down to a category D where little to no risk existed. 
a Category D runway incursion usually only involves one aircraft, one vehicle, and no conflict existed because there was only one aircraft involved. In fiscal year 22, we had over 52 and a half million operations in the national airspace system at tower controlled airports. So 52 and a half million times where an aircraft either landed or departed at one of those airports, we had 1,712 runway incursions. The majority of those were category C and D, the little to no risk runway incursions. We had 16 category A and B runway incursions in fiscal year 22. Those numbers are really quite sobering when you think about it. Alex, how does business aviation fit into this picture and what challenges are we facing? Business aviation flies to quite a few airports in the national uh, airspace system. In fact, a lot of the aircraft go to different airports. They don't frequent the same airport as a lot of the airline pilots would become uh, familiar with. That presents uh, additional challenges. Our members are very diverse. We have uh, aircraft with uh, two pilot professional crews. We have a lot of professional single pilots, as well as those members who are uh, operating on business uh, but may not have a a commercial uh, pilot's license. They're all flying to keep a schedule and are presented with the challenges at a variety of, of these airports. So it's very important that we remain vigilant and that we remain aware of all the various challenges uh, that we can face. In fact, if you look at a lot of the runway incursions, uh, business aviation certainly is not immune, and we have uh, business aviation aircraft that are involved. More of our conversation in a moment, after a brief word from our sponsor. Take your aviation operations to new heights. Introducing Baryon, formerly known as ATP, your ultimate partner in achieving maximum aircraft uptime. At Varion, we understand the challenges faced by everyone in aviation. Our industry-leading technology solutions revolutionize aircraft management, so there's no more waiting, no more wondering, and no more wasted effort. Get real-time visibility of your maintenance, inventory, operations, and regulatory data right at your fingertips with an easy-to-use system, backed by a team of experts with deep aviation knowledge offering 24-7, 365 support. After 50 years in the business, we have built a growing reputation for getting our customers more aircraft uptime. That's why thousands of aircraft operators worldwide have already discovered the power of Varion. Say goodbye to downtime and hello to increased efficiency and profitability. Visit Varion.com to learn more. Varion, let's get you more uptime. We're back now with NTSB Chair Jennifer Homendy, Scott Proudfoot with the FAA, and NBAA's Alex Gertson, and our discussion about runway safety. Chair Homendy, going back to the roundtable earlier this year, what were some of the takeaways that might be particularly relevant to the business aviation community? First of all, we had a pretty broad group of folks who came to the roundtable, everyone from FAA, of course, a lot of NTSB staff, but we had pilot groups, organizations representing ground crews, ATC, airport operators. Of course, NBAA was there, very appreciative of you being there and contributing to the safety discussion. And technology, entities that produce different technology to prevent runway incursions. So we all came together. Everyone recognized 
that this was a serious safety issue and everyone wants to avoid catastrophe. And so looking at it from how do we figure out what to do and move forward, and coming out of those discussions, I heard a lot from different organizations about the need for adequate training for personnel, including ground crews, better communications, including amongst pilots and air traffic controllers, technology. That was a big takeaway. The role of technology, not to supplant, but supplement humans to increase situational awareness. We see both in Boston and in New York, where ASDX had flagged a potential collision and the air traffic controllers were alerted and told the appropriate operators to go around. And so making sure that technology is available at airports, for example, surface detection technology is at 43. How can we get those at more airports? And then of course, airport improvements. It's not a single solution. It's addressing the concern holistically so that we're doing all things to prevent any sort of collision. And then lastly, there was discussion on making sure that we have pilots feeling safe to report close calls or any sort of safety issues that they encounter. And that requires a lot of trust, a lot of trust between different entities, trust in sharing data. That's a key part of aviation safety. Let's drill down now on specific programs, initiatives, and technologies. Scott, the FAA, the Runway Safety Council, and in particular the Surface Safety Group that you and Alex co-lead, have all been hard at work developing a slate of tools to mitigate runway incursions. Let's begin with surface surveillance. As Chair Hammondy mentioned, we have 43 airports across the national airspace system that have surface surveillance where they will alert controllers to potential collisions on the surface. We've recently completed the installation of ATAP, which is ASDX Taxiway Arrival Prediction. It is a add-on to the ASDX and ASSC systems, which will alert controllers to potential taxiway arrivals for all types of aircraft at that airport with surface surveillance. One other initiative we have, on June 6th, the FAA held a Surface Situational Awareness Industry Day. We invited outside companies to come and hear the FAA's needs on future situational awareness tools that controllers can use in the tower. Those organizations are reporting back to the FAA on what they could provide and our team is meeting with them. We are part of a overall team to look at these options and make choices on future technology to increase situational awareness for controllers and enhance surface safety. Another tool is the Runway Incursion Mitigation Program. RIM is a program operated by the Office of Airports. The Office of Airports has certain locations throughout the United States where on the airport, a certain piece of geometry has led to numerous runway incursions at that location. For a location to fall under the RIM program, you need to have either three runway incursions at that location within a year, or one for every three years. 
So if a area on an airport falls under that category, it will enter into the RIM program. The RIM program is a mitigation program to fix that area on the airport. It can either be fixed by pavement changes, geometry changes, reconstruction of taxiways or runways, or in other methods also. Those locations are monitored by the Office of Airports, and as funding becomes available, those locations will begin uh, construction activities to mitigate the risk of a runway incursion happening there. And what is ATAP, Scott? ATAP is the ASDX Taxiway Arrival Prediction System. It's a additional function that was added into the ASDX and ASSC systems. So at 43 airports, we have availability for controllers to be alerted when an aircraft aligns and possibly attempts to land on a taxiway. The system will provide an alert to the controller and issue the instruction of a go around. The controller will respond by sending the aircraft around. ATAP does not work regarding wrong surface departures. It only works with wrong surface arrivals and it's only with taxiway wrong surface arrivals. I see. Now, Alex, you, me, and other pilots can also see some useful tools ourselves on the airport surface, including runway guard lights and runway status lights. Tell us about those. Those lights provide special cues uh, to the pilots to be vigilant of where the runway hold lines are, the, the runway guard lights are. Um, they're, they're orange uh, wigwag lights. They can be placed either adjacent to the taxiways where the intersection, when, when you approach the intersection with the runway, or they can be in pavement, or some uh, airports have a combination of both. Those are great to alert the pilot as well as the enhanced markings that you're approaching a runway and consider, do you have a clearance to cross the hold line or, or should you be, be holding? The runway status lights are automated. Uh, they work with the surface surveillance system. So when the runway is occupied, those uh, lights across the entrance point to the runway will turn red. Also, there are runway status lights in the centerline rights on the runway. So if you're positioned for takeoff and another aircraft or vehicle uh, is crossing the runway, those lights will turn red. We've done a number of uh, podcasts and news stories on them, and I'd encourage our listeners to go back and spend some time uh, reviewing those resources and become very familiar with how runway status lights work. They're a great tool for pilots to know when the runway is occupied and when it's safe to enter or when it's safe to take off. The challenge is a lot of times when the lights were alerting the pilot to the situation, they followed air traffic control instructions rather than the lights. And thus the system, which is an enhancement to safety, wasn't able to fully uh, assist the pilot. What the pilot should be doing is if the lights are red and they have a crossing clearance, for example, they should query the controller saying, runway status lights are red, should I still cross? If they're positioned to, uh, to take off, and they get a clearance for takeoff, but the lights are red. Likewise, they should question the controller instructions rather than taking off. One of the other tools that we worked with the surface safety group to develop is the arrival alert notices. That 
addresses uh, wrong surface operations. They're currently available for 12 airports, and we hope to grow it to more airports that have uh, higher potential for wrong surface operations. With those, uh, pilots should review those as part of their pre-flight and certainly before beginning their descent. The arrival alert notices depict the view that the pilots will see from the flight deck as they approach the airport, and they label the surfaces, whether there's confusion to land on a parallel taxiway to a runway uh, for, for that particular airport, or if there's confusion where the left and right runways are, those alert notices point that out, making it a lot more obvious for pilots to not make those mistakes. We've packed a lot of information and acronyms into the last few minutes, so I definitely encourage listeners to go back and review those programs. Scott, how else can pilots and business aviation operators in particular help the FAA and NTSB in mitigating runway incursions and wrong surface incidents? My one request is that pilots use all available resources. The Office of Runway Safety within the FAA, we put out a lot of great products. However, pilots have to know where to find them, and pilots have to make the effort to use them. And I'll give you one example. We are expanding our pilot handbook program right now. And what a pilot handbook is, it basically gives a pilot all the information they need to know about that airport from the control tower's viewpoint. The controller and the air traffic management team collaborate on this pilot handbook they decide the important information that they want to pass along to the pilots. So this information is available to the pilot prior to them landing or departing from this airport. They can go onto our website and find access to these pilot handbooks, or they can go to www.faa.gov forward slash, and then put in the three letter identifier to the airport. As of this podcast, we have 34 pilot handbooks. They have graphics in them. So when a pilot may have a wrong surface risk at this airport, we're taking what Alex talked about with the arrival alert notice and putting it into the pilot handbook. So a pilot will see a geographical image of what they should see when they're on final approach to this airport. How to identify the correct surface to land on. Additionally, we're putting in pictures of what a hotspot looks like at that airport. As you come up on a challenging geographical location where you have multiple taxiways in the vicinity of runways, what does that intersection look like? Which taxiways go which direction? All of that is in this pilot handbook. Uh, The controller piece is advising pilots, should I do left traffic or right traffic? What does my airport do on a daily basis? When should I contact the tower? On what frequency? All of this is in the pilot information handbook. So again, we produce the information and it's very helpful. However, we need pilots to go out and find the information, use the information in their pre-flight, and then use the knowledge that they have prior to operating at that airport to make their operations safer. I'm glad you mentioned the online pilot handbooks because my own home airport is one of the 34 you've covered so far. Really useful information there. I have two other issues I'd like to bring up. One, when we see runway incursions, the number one cause of a runway incursion is a pilot crossing a hold line without a clearance. So just one thing I want to remind pilots, 
When you approach a hold line and you call the controller and you advise them that you are ready for departure, you need to remain short of that hold line until you have a clearance onto that runway. Holding short of the yellow line is where you need to stay until you have an ATC clearance. Do not pass that yellow line and hold short of the white runway edge line. That is a runway incursion. And we see a lot of pilots mistake that and confuse that hold short line for something that is not used to protect the RSA. The second thing I wanted to get across was data sharing is most important. And Alex and I on the SSG, the Surface Safety Group, we work with many industry partners and data sharing is very important when it comes to learning why things happen. In the Office of Runway Safety, we have a problem with obtaining pilot reports when a runway incursion occurs. We want to understand why. We want to understand what can we do to help the situation. You may have had a bad marking. You may have had confusing signage. You may have had a air traffic clearance that someone didn't understand that led a pilot to a runway incursion. We want to understand those issues and help improve the system in any way we can. And access to that data will only improve our job and our ability to be able to do that. Indeed. Thanks again, Scott. Alex, from your perspective with NBAA, how can operators assist in these efforts? I would encourage business aviation operators to take the time and brief the taxi routes, both on departure and on arrival. Uh, Make sure you're familiar with the route. We have a lot of tools like electronic flight bags that we can use. A lot of the modern avionics have moving map displays. Uh, So take the time to zoom that in to make sure you're seeing your route. If you have a stylus and your EFB allows you to mark the the taxi route and highlight it, do that. That's that's always helpful. I had a recent experience uh, flying out of Philadelphia, and the controller asked if I could accept an intersection departure. It was a complex taxi route, and that intersection was challenging to identify to make sure that I made the right turn to take off on the right runway and in the right direction. And I was grateful that I took the time to review that uh, so that when I got to that intersection, it was uh, very simple, but otherwise it could have gotten challenging. So that kind of example, be vigilant and cognizant of hotspots and situations with higher potential for either runway incursion or wrong surface operations. For example, there are some ramps that are really close to runways. So be cognizant that as you pull off the ramp, that you're making a turn onto the taxiway and not taxiing too far to get onto the runway. If you have parallel taxiways, uh, there are some airports that have two parallel taxiways. Make sure that you've taxied by both of those before you're turning onto what you think is a runway and that you don't accidentally start the takeoff roll on the taxiway. On arrival, again, those arrival alert notices are extremely helpful. So uh, spot those 12 airports that currently have them. Those are the ones with the higher wrong surface risk. Uh, They are in ForeFlight and other electronic flight bags, so they're easily accessible. Rob, you mentioned the from the flight deck videos. Take a look at those. If you're going in and out of airports and you have time during a pre-flight to review those videos, you'll be very grateful that you did. 
Finally, I wanted to highlight something that happens at most towered airports, and that's runway safety action team meetings. Uh, the acronym is RSAT. If you see a notice for those, don't ignore it. Uh, make time to attend. See if someone from your flight department or your team can attend. Those are very valuable both ways for you to get the information of what challenges are happening at that airport or potentially at an airport that you or your company frequents, and also to provide feedback of what you're observing from the flight deck, from your operational experiences, and share that with the FAA and, and the air traffic controllers so that it can be approved upon. So those typically happen annually. And there are some special runway safety action team meetings that Scott leads at airports that require a little bit of additional attention. So again, uh, pay attention to those. Don't ignore those emails when you see them and try to participate. And NBAA also has several resources to help operators avoid these incursions, including those focused specifically on single pilot operators. We also have our safety stand down that happens right before base. I encourage everyone to attend that some of that is available virtually as well if you're not there in person. We also have our NBA Safety Committee and Domestic Operations Committee if you want to get more engaged and involved on, on these issues. Of course, if you have particular examples uh, that you'd like to bring forward or concerns uh, that you have, ideas that you have, please share them with me and then we can bring them into the Surface Safety Group and work collaboratively as a team together with the FAA and NTSB to address them. And finally, I want to thank our guests, uh, Scott and Chair Hamidi, for being with us. Uh, it's just such a privilege to be able to work with you throughout the year and to have the opportunity to share the important work and to highlight all of the initiatives and solutions with our membership so that uh, we can fly, taxi, and land safer. Great information. Thanks, Alex. Chair Hamidi, what else would you like to share with business aviation operators? First support robust public funding for safety, meaning support increased funding for FAA, for the NTSB. Right now, there's legislation both on the House and Senate side to consider FAA's programs and funding needs as well as NTSB's. And investment in safety goes a long way. If we're looking at underinvestment, it does have a big impact on safety. And tied to that, there are a lot of discussions around debt and possible government shutdowns. That has a big impact on organizations whose sole mission is safety. I would implore pilots and flight crews to not just remain vigilant, but actively listen to instructions and communications from ATC, repeat them, and never hesitate to perform a go-around if you are concerned about safety. We talk all the time about get their itis, which has factored into a number of accidents that we've investigated, always fall on the side of safety because a couple of minutes of inconvenience is certainly worth it in these situations. Also, for operators, I would recommend looking at the quality of training. We have a lot of new folks in the industry, new pilots, new ground crew, others, and 
everybody learns differently. There are some people who can learn a, a great deal on video, on the internet. Not everyone can really follow that type of training. I am a hands-on person, for example. So watching a video, I may not process it the same as if I actually saw it. So not everything you can see, of course, but just factor in the quality of training. And then two other things. One, we at the NTSB constantly highlight the safety management alerts through that. I'm based in DC, but I travel all the time. And a lot of times I try when I travel to match up other site visits to make the most of my time and also develop relationships in a very positive atmosphere. And so I would say, if you're in DC, please reach out, come in and meet with me. But also, I'd love to visit you, more importantly, and make that connection, develop that relationship, so that if, God forbid, something does happen, that we can have that open communication in advance. You may also look for Chair Hammondy at NBAA's upcoming Business Aviation Convention and Exhibition, or NBAA Base, coming to Las Vegas from October 17th through the 19th. More information is available at nbaa.org forward slash B-A-C-E. And once again, I'd like to thank the Chair, along with Scott and Alex, for participating in this episode. In addition to the resources already mentioned, I encourage listeners to also check out nbaa.org forward slash runway safety for more information about reducing runway incursions and wrong surface events. And be on the lookout for future discussions about runway safety that we plan to feature on Flight Plan in the coming weeks. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking your virtual assistant or connected device. Of course, you can also download Flight Plan directly from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and be sure to join us next time for a new episode of Flight Plan. Uh, 3500. Uh, we got him inside. We're slowing it back to 170.